Let us pray. Lord, you are the God most high, and you meet us where we live, and you invite us to be part of your purpose. Lord, we give all thanks and praise to you, for you hear our prayers. And Lord, as we hear your word today, may it be lifted in our hearts, settled in our minds, and may our bodies respond to do your work in this world. In Christ's name we pray. When Jesus calls the disciples to come with him and follow him, he is calling them to a purpose. He's not just calling them to follow, but follow has a purpose. He is calling them to be his example. So we're going to sing a song called Love Through Me. It's a prayer. If we stop, but just for a moment, and think of the words that we've just said, Lord, love through me. Somebody needs your love today. Let it be me that brings your love to them. Lord, speak through me. Somebody out there needs to hear your word today. May it be me that brings it to them. And that brings us to our scripture reading which is a well-known scripture reading to many Christians and non-Christians alike, the fishers of men. The story is set in the first two years of Jesus' ministry, and, and interestingly, that was set all in the northern provinces around the Sea of Galilee, Galilee, Samaria, and, and Judea. And for the first couple of years, that's where Jesus stayed. And that area is interestingly known as, as the area of the Gentiles. Now, we all know that Jesus was a Jew, but Jesus walked among all people. And, and so this allowed the people of that area to be uniquely influenced. And even more interestingly, other than Judas Iscariot, all of the disciples came from that area. And Jesus traveled and, and he, he preached and he taught and he healed and he gathered his disciples. He astounded his listeners with the word of God everywhere he went in that northern area. And this is where he called his very first disciples from workers of that very piece of water, workers of that Galilean sea. He called his very first workers from there. So Stephen's going to come up and share that word with you. Our reading is from the book of Luke, chapters 5, verses 1 to 11. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now, go out where it's deeper and let down your nets and catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, 
and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others around him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Thanks be to God for this reading of his word. Thank you, Stephen. Do you notice the phrase that starts all this? Do not be afraid. We're given the interaction between a fisherman and an itinerant preacher. And, and really, it seems like an insignificant little moment, just an encounter where somebody needs a boat to preach and, and, and a fisherman supplies it. Now, Peter, or Simon, Simon Peter, could have never known the possibilities and the changes that this insignificant little moment was going to have on his life. Jesus simply asked for a favor, a small one. Push your boat out into the water. Now, he said to Peter, he says, I'm being crushed by people and, and please help me get a little bit of space so that I can teach these people and share the word of God with them. For Peter, it was such a small thing, just slide the boat out, but it had such wondrous consequences. And this is what God does. God starts the changes in our lives in such small, insignificant ways, asking us to do little things, things that seem unimportant to us. They're just something we do. And it doesn't feel like we're giving much to God. They're easy for us to do, and many times they're actually normal. But as we can see from Jesus' interaction with Peter, there is no such thing as a small, unimportant thing for God. All things are amazing. So Jesus asked Peter, push the boat out into the water. An everyday thing for Peter, a unique teaching position for Jesus. Probably, even in Peter's mind, the request made perfect sense. Can't teach when the crowd's here. You need to have some space. Now, the life-altering power of God's Word is shown to us in this passage. If we just slow down just that first part, that seemingly insignificant, God is speaking to Peter in a powerful and consistent way through the Word of God. And the same is being spoke to us today. And, and if we think about all through the Bible, how this is put, in the beginning, God spoke, and the world was created. God spoke to Moses, and he led the Israelites out of Egypt. And, and the Lord says, 
is at the beginning of so many prophets' messages. And then, of course, in the baptism of Jesus, this is my dearly beloved Son. God's voice is heard loudly through Scripture. God is always speaking. And here's the thing, when God speaks, action takes place. Something happens. And there's always a word from God that we can take away. So God always speaks in action and words and in love. Now you can't separate those things. So if you have action and words and love, there's one more thing that you need to feel completely in God's arms, isn't it? Acceptance. One of the hardest people we can accept in our life is who? Look in the mirror. Yeah. But that's something that God says, I accept you for who you are. I accept you for who you are. I mean, look at Peter. Peter falls down before Jesus and says, Lord, go away from me. I am a sinful man. Leave me. But in the admitting and, and realization of his inability to serve God in the way he thinks he should serve him, he has just written out the prime prerequisites for an amazing resume of service. Because God does not call us because we are great. God calls us because God calls us. And it's a choice of God. But recognizing that we cannot do anything on our own is the first step. But interesting, and, and I like this because Jesus says to Peter, do not be afraid. You notice there's, there's really nothing in the story to bring that forward. Why did, why did Jesus say that to Peter? This, this is what I think, and, and, and this is how I, I see the story. Because I think Peter's a little apprehensive when Jesus says, well, Peter, don't worry about it. You're going to be a fisherman. Okay. I mean, as we get to know Peter a little bit more through biblical writing, we find that Peter is a question guy. He, he likes to ask these questions. And I'm, and I'm sure he's probably wondering at this point, Jesus the carpenter, does he know anything about fishing? But Jesus says, no, you're qualified for service. But here's my thought. I'm wondering, even though Peter realizes who Jesus is, and, and throughout Scripture you find that he does realize quite often who Jesus is, speaks it out, and then does what? Something incredibly dumb. Peter does that all the time. That, I love Peter. I just feel so, so much. <laughs> I connect with Peter. He does that type of stuff. And, and so I'm sure Peter is wondering, does Jesus know anything about fishing? Because for Peter, it's his life. It's what he does. It's his vocation. It's his livelihood. And it's hard work. Remember me telling the kids? You got to throw the nets over. You got to pull them back out. You got to throw them back over. You got to pull them back out. You got to sort the fish. You got to row back in. You've got to clean the nets. And then you got to do it all over again. And if you have a bad night, guess what? You don't eat. 
Yeah, and so it can be frustrating and unrewarding. That's what fishing is all about to Peter. And, and, and I think that Jesus senses this concern. And, and he says, don't be afraid. Because God watches over his people. It's not you just doing the same life over and over again. It's you using what you've been given for God. And, and for us, well, God calls us to use what we know and the skills and the gifts and the knowledge we've been blessed with to help share the gospel in ways that only we can do it. You remember starting the conversation? What do you like to do? Don't know. Yeah. Now, many guys can relate to this because when you're like, you know, 14 or so, you kind of go, what do you like to do in life? Mm, don't know. Eat. I love to eat. Hamburgers. Hamburgers are good. It's a simple thing, but if you talk to another 14-year-old boy and go, ah, what do you like to do? I don't know. You like hamburgers? Yeah, I like hamburgers. Let's eat hamburgers. It works. The conversation starts. And so God chooses the people that you are to be the people that you are for Him. If you're a fisherman, be a fisher of people for God. If you're a teacher, be a teacher of people for God. If you're an accountant, be a steward of people for God. An engineer, a writer, a poet, a ditch digger. Doesn't matter what you are, be who you are for God. And that's what God calls us to. A new life doing the same thing, only for a different purpose. Now, I come back to that word that Presbyterians don't like. No, it's not change, but it's close to it. <laughs> It's evangelism again. That's what evangelism is. And it, that, it lost in simplest form. Now, here's the thing that you have to ask yourself. If this church were full, and we'd all like it full, if, ev if everybody had to look for more seats, maybe we had to put more out. Would you like them all to be from people from other churches? Or would you like them to be from people who had never met Jesus before, who didn't attend church? Now, there's a big difference. You don't have to evangelize church people because why? First word, church, people. They're already there. They're already there. What about the people who don't go to church? What about the people who wonder? What about the people who are not sure why they should go? What about the people who don't know God? What if our pews were full? Now, I notice this side. These must be the winter vacationers over on this side. So the, the, the winter vacationers are off. So we have a number of seats. If we could fill them with people who had never met God before, and over on this side, we put all the people who know God, and we said, let's have a conversation. Not about God, but about you, and have people enter in your life, and get to know you, and you get to know them, and you share yourself with them. What happens? Maybe we should go for a coffee. I'll see you next week. Why? Anybody know why? Yeah, because of you. It's simple. People like you. And God says you're special. 
And you know what? I'll bet you, well, I don't know about you two. You guys like each other? Yeah. So do you look forward to seeing each other? Yeah? You sure? <laughs> Just ask him. But now, you remember earlier in the service, we took a moment. We took a moment to go and shake each other's hands. Well, maybe some of you didn't shake, but we went to say hello. Who's the first person you went to seek out? The person who you feel closest to, isn't it? Now, you, you know, it, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Or the person closest to you. That, that, that's our normal thing, to attach and to connect. But that's the reason we come back. Now, can you imagine if we went and knocked on everybody's door? I'm not going to ask you to do that, but imagine you did and said, good morning, I'm from St. Andrew's Church, I just wanted to wish you a wonderful day and let you know that we meet every Sunday at 11. And, and we'd love to get to know you. Not we'd like you to join us, but we'd love to get to know you. And we'd love for you to get to know us. Now, what does Jesus say to that? Up on the screen. Do not be afraid. Why? Jesus says, don't feel inadequate. Most of us go, I'm not knocking on any door. Now, for those of you that have never been in, in Baptist uh, seminary or studies, you didn't, you've probably never had to do this. But do you realize part of seminary training for all Baptist ministers is? Good morning, I'm with, yeah. It's called witnessing. It's a biblical word, by the way. It's not one that was made up by Baptists. Our witness. And our witness is who God is to us. Now, they make you go and door knock. I was never really entirely comfortable with that. But I recognize the importance of it. Now, when I walked, uh, we had a snowstorm a couple weeks ago, and I, and I was helping a guy pull out of his driveway, and, and, and Rebecca was talking to the fellow across the street. Do we take that time to intentionally engage our neighbors? Do we know who our neighbors are? I found out from one of the ladies in, in my previous congregation that a couple houses down, she grew up with people right there. They, they don't live there anymore. But do we know who lives there now? Do we know who the people are in the back? Do we know who owns that funny dog that barks at us every time we drive by? Yeah. No, we don't, do we? And And... Personally, we should be shocked by that. We don't know our neighbors. We don't know our neighbors. And this is what Jesus is calling us to do. He says, be yourself. He has called Peter and John. And he says, be yourself. Follow me. I am going to make you fishers of men because that's what you do. You fish. You know how to interact about fishing. Do you fish? No, you have something to share. So do not be afraid to go into the world. God said it to Joshua. God said it to Isaiah. God said it, said it to the disciples. Jesus tells the disciples several times, do not be afraid. I am with you. Now, is that a very powerful message for a Sunday morning? Are a few of you feeling uncomfortable? Yeah. How do you think Peter felt? How do you think Peter felt when Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishermen? Do you remember? What did, you, what did God have to say to him? What did Jesus have to say to him? 
Do not be afraid. And that should be our motto. Do not be afraid. There's no reason for us to be afraid to talk to people in our neighborhood, in our city, about us. There's no reason, because we have God on our side. I will always be with you. We're called to do the things we don't feel qualified to do, and that's who Jesus calls. The less you feel qualified, the more he will call you. I never saw myself here, I can tell you that. And yet, look where I stand. And I encourage people, it doesn't matter whether you're 6 or 60 or 70, if you decide to go back to seminary tomorrow, Session will be doing a happy dance. Because it doesn't matter. If you decide that God needs you, that's what you should do, and that's what's happening here. Do not be afraid to follow Jesus in word and in deed, in love and acceptance, because he's calling you and me today. Jesus is what life is all about, and that's what he wants us to share with the world. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that we can gather today. We thank you that you are in our midst moving among us. And Lord, that sometimes you challenge us outside of what it is we're comfortable with, outside of what is normal for us. And Lord, you lead us to the people that you would have us go to. Lord, this morning we think about the people who are not with us because they're ill, Lord, or perhaps they're traveling. Lord, we think about them, we hold them up to you. Lord, we think about ourselves. Perhaps we need prayer. And we are called to be a praying people, Lord. We're called to pray for others, but we're also called to pray for ourselves. Even, Lord, when we cannot figure out the words that we should hold up to you, the Spirit gives us our groanings and makes them a sweet sound in your ears. Because, Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves, and you know what it is we need. Lord, we think about the people of this city, of this community. We think about the people of your world. How is it, Lord, that we can connect with them? How is it we can bring your joy, your peace, your hope, your salvation to them? Lord, we think about the people that uh, are working today, the people that are, that are caring for the ill in the hospitals, the policemen, the firemen, those soldiers that are guarding our country, working in other countries, Lord, we hold them all up to you. We think about our governments and our officials. We think about all levels and all powers that have, you have put in place. And Lord, we just hold them all up to you. May your will be done in all things. Lord, this morning we are blessed by your presence. We are blessed by your glory. We are a blessed people. And we give you thanks in Christ's name. Amen.